Welcome, everyone, to the AI in Business podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge. Today's guest on the program is NLP Logics Modeling and Analytics Lead and Data Scientist Ben Webster. NLP Logics is a fast-growing AI services firm based in Florida that serves both the public and private sectors. Ben joins us on the program to discuss the challenges in approaching topic search and the value of detecting meaningful business signals from both inside and outside the organization. This episode is sponsored by NLP Logics, and without further ado, here's our conversation. Thanks so much, Ben, for being on the program. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. So we're talking about topic search today, and I think the best way to open up this discussion is to ask, what are the important challenges business leaders face in trying to understand how their customers and employees talk about a topic key to their organization? Yeah, so I mean, the the real problem faced is that I think the statistic everyone throws around is that 90% of the data captured by a company is unstructured data. This is you know, conversations through emails, conversations through inbound call center, that kind of information. And that information is so rich if you're a human reading it, but there's usually so much data pouring through that no human can read through everything. So the problem faced is getting to the insight before you have an angry customer or a broken system that you trace back to discover within the text in your data. So another way of saying it is searching that unstructured data to understand the realizations in a useful way for your business. Right, right. And and that usefulness is is sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes referred to as a signal. Where can business leaders start to detect signals? How How should they start to think about this even before they're out there, you know, maybe trying to find a vendor for this? What do they want to consider in terms of their business strategies? Yeah, so I mean, the the primary thing here is to make sure that these conversations are recorded. So the main thing that we try and look for is information that we can refer to as a comment. And that information, lots of times it comes in in emails, and that's easy to capture. Lots of times it comes in in, you know, trouble tickets, that's easy to capture. The things that are more difficult is the real important problems, which is when a C-suite member calls another C-suite member and says, hey, everything's falling apart. Or when there's a text message on the side that says, hey, can we catch up real quick because XYZ is behind. Those things usually Mm -hmm. come sort of offline and they're very large indicators in the chain of conversation. So the one thing that that companies need to do is make sure that all that data that actually is is feature-rich is actually being captured. The last thing I want to hear is to hear a story where they walk me through the 80% of data that they have and then say, yeah, but the real important stuff sitting on my cell phone and we don't really store that. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Now, before we get any further, something we spoke about before the call is your strong feelings. I I share them, actually. We should call them our, our strong feelings on how topic search is viewed by different disciplines and what it gets called. Why do you feel nomenclature is so important here? Yeah, because people have a lot of expectations that they put into this concept of topic modeling. And it very frequently gets 
mixed up with the you know sacrament of clustering and normally the expectations of topic modeling are very business specific and the the clustering project that many data science teams undertake doesn't really relate to that ending use case so sometimes when people aren't using the right language the two sides will talk back and forth between each other and then the technical side wants to build something that's not going to support the product very very interesting and and i know something that i've encountered in in the limited spaces that i've really dove into topic search is it occurs to me like kind of the agnostic way of looking at the problem of you know lots of items on at least you know the voice of the customer it's it, it's almost like topic searches is, is a way of looking at the customer if you didn't care which side of the organization the signal was coming from whether it's inside or outside. Do, do I have that basically right? Yeah, yeah, because topics are in the speaking about it, right? And so so it doesn't necessarily matter which side is talking. If somebody is talking mm -hmm. about timeliness of delivery, that's a topic that came up within the conversation and you need to be able to extract that. Right, right. And I mean, that division of inside the organization and outside, I mean, that's as old as time. That might go right down to our cellular biology. So asking folks to overcome that obviously is a challenge. But what do you think are the benefits of of looking at signals in this way? And how do you begin to confront the challenges that come from people looking at that brick wall of inside and outside the organization and convincing business leaders that there's real benefit to looking beyond that wall? Yeah, so specifically the approach that we take here is that we train a large unsupervised model that is on the client-specific corpus. We learn the way that that client specifically speaks. And then the approach that we use very much resembles, if anybody out there is already familiar with few-shot learning, it very much resembles few-shot learning where the user says, well, here's three or four examples of something that I consider to be timeliness or something that I consider to be alert worthy or something that I consider to be whatever segment that they are calling a topic. And by then mm -hmm. seeding it with a few examples and then allowing that to discover the topics, then what we find is we're able to quickly move through the process of giving them what they actually need to make use of and not something that just feels scientifically interesting. Right, right. What, what, what do you notice in the patterns of, of like the difference between, you know, them coming in with what they think is scientifically interesting and what the end game usually turns out to be? Yeah, that, that's real good. So a lot of people come into us thinking that what we're trying to do is partition all of their data. So what we're trying to do is extract information from 100% of the words or something like that. And what ends up actually happening is that that which is actually interesting to your business use case is probably only a very small percentage of the words, but then their occurrence and then their co-occurrence with other themes of interest, other topics of interest is what becomes yeah. most interesting. So what I find, what I find that always becomes interesting to the customer is how they come in thinking that I'm going to help them completely sort of understand the anatomy of every sentence. And what we come back with is something that 
brings insight from 2% mm -hmm. of their data, but turns out that that's so actionable that that's all that they need, right? Right, right, Not right. we want to bring color to 100% because then you're back to the same problem of, well, I don't have enough time for a human to code through this 100%. What we want to do is find out what you as a customer think is actionable and bring that right up to the front so you're not worried about the other stuff that's a little right. important. You've just given me a hundred flashbacks to just flipping through transcripts of podcast interviews in terms of like what I'm actually looking for in terms of what we call at Emerge the meat of the conversation, the actionable advice versus how a topic gets discussed if I'm just doing like a keyword search. It's the same. It's the same thing, but you're just training a, a, a model, a computer to do this kind of searching for you. Extrapolating on kind of like, let's call it the topic search philosophy of like this bringing down of this wall in, in sort of a Reagan-esque way of looking at signals. This is not something that that's quite a trend. It's not quite ubiquitous, you know, through the industries just yet. This is kind of a little bit more on the edges. All at the same time, I see huge interaction with things that are right at the tip of the zeitgeist. Obviously, there's going to be an impact of LLMs here and how that that does technical based searching. What do, what do you see at the forefront of that when the dust settles from that impact? Yeah, so I have been personally leveraging vector embeddings to do all of the topic modeling that I've been part of here for at least the last seven or eight years. And so the LLMs, all they are is a better embedding. Okay. So right, the right. approaches that we're using, I'm not changing. And the fact that I still believe that the end user is the best expert to go and give me those few beginning examples in order to learn, none of that changes. The thing that becomes easier with time is that the LLM has really awesome suggestions that are more nuanced. And it makes right. the user start asking really interesting questions that they wouldn't ask before. And so one of my favorite things that the LLM brings about is that I used to have people that were really just understanding topics because of one or two word phrases. And now they're understanding mm -hmm. topics because they're reading sentences or combinations of sentences. And they really have to ask themselves like, oh, are, are they talking about this or are they talking about that? And the nuance of having to, to, as a human, read two sentences and ask yourself, does it belong more in this topic or that topic? It just becomes a deeper conversation. But ultimately, the mechanics of the approach, it's, it's all the same. Going back to a little bit of what you were saying before, you know, a lot of businesses kind of being attracted to the shiny objects that really don't end up being that important in a topic search, you know, starting from scratch, you know, an organization wants to get better at this. What kinds of information should they come to the table with? What should they be looking for? Yeah. So I, I love that question. So, so you have to marry structured data to unstructured data. So your unstructured data is where all this insight is. And that's where you're coming saying, hey, let me give you this, this big corpus of text and you find stuff for me. But the structured data has your in state. So whether or not the customer quit, whether or not the customer gave you a bad review, whether or not they bought or they didn't, that's in your structured data. And so I need the two to be married because like the, the story that everybody tells is they tell a story about they collected unstructured data, they collected some numerical score that came with it, was the customer happy one through five? 
And then they end up having this result and they say, I can't relate that the fives bought and the ones didn't. And then I can't promise you that the fives were always happy. And so what we do is we extract the topics, we apply sentiment analysis to the mentions of the topics. And even your happiest customer can complain about a topic. Even your most upset customer can have positive things to say about a topic. And when you combine that to both the outcome, which is the thing you actually cared about, whether or not they bought or not, and then their tendency to score you in the presence of that, that's when you get the whole story. And where customers struggle is they just want to look at that one to five rating and correlate it with whether or not you bought. Right. And it's it's never usually that simple or or at least what are some of the challenges in, in terms of, of, of sentiment analytics and in, in what those numbers could mean? Yeah. So that's the reason why we focus on comments. OK, because when, uh, when people okay. are making comments, comments are polarized. Right. When people are, are talking to you in an email about a call center, they're either saying, help me get through this. Or they're saying, you screwed up, go fix this, right? It's very easy to understand that. But if we if we just try and run it over all text data, you're going to have a lot of people when they talk technical, don't really express emotion. Or you're going to misinterpret it, right? And so, right, so right. the fix that or the solution that we have that really feels like a vanilla template is really based off of a, a approach that we use that, that looks a lot like few shot learning, goes over top of an unsupervised model, which we've been leveraging large language models, and focuses on comments that relate to the user experience, because ultimately that's where a lot of your money comes from. That's a very interesting point on, on numerical rankings, especially for how biased uh, a, a lot of these fields are, at, at least towards, you know, oh, I, but this got a five. They got to feel good, right? Yeah, you don't know what five means, you know, and uh, maybe the maybe a comparison I, I, I like to make is my parents have this awful habit of going to the movie theaters just looking at the rotten tomatoes scores but not looking at the reviews yeah. they just see they just see 100 and whether it's a horror movie anything else they're like well it's gonna win an oscar so we better know how to talk about it and they go whether or not they're in the mood and i'm like did you even want to see a horror movie you know and that's that's kind of your problem with numbers and sentiments what end goal should business leaders keep in mind in terms of what they want to get out of a project that's focused on topic search? Awesome. So visibility that you can connect to an ROI. Okay. So, so like, you know, a lot of the times people are worried about things that somewhat relate to brand loyalty, you know? So one of the problems that you'll have is you'll have clients that always rank you good because you've been with them for a long time, but they're giving you useful information, which is like complaints within the data. You know, this is something your team's doing wrong or whatever. And so if you can connect improvements to your process to potential ROI, and then connect that to your ability to monitor and surface things early. One of the experiences that we have that, that I've learned enough from is that if you're in state as a bunch of marketing material, we're not going to be in a relationship in a year, right? Because if you're in state is to, to make some word clouds that talk about scenarios where people are happy and scenarios where they're sad, 
it's going to look real good. We're going to get through a couple of really good presentations and get some people excited, but it's not going to be a product. And so what you need to do is you need to understand, okay, if I have visibility into this level of detail this early in my process and I was able to make a change, could I tie that to ROI? And if the answer is yes, that's where there's opportunity. And I think that's music to the ears of a lot of people listening. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at, at that without, without getting too biased, but I think you've, you've, you've really put a, a finer point for this business leadership audience. Ben, thank you so much for joining us on today's program. Yeah, thanks a lot. I have blast. Before we close out today's episode, just a friendly reminder, today's is the second episode in a special podcast series sponsored by NLP Logics. You can check out our previous episode in this series with fellow modeling analytics lead and data scientist at NLP Logics, Katie Bakewell. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for when we have NLP Logics CFO and COO Fallon Gorman on the program talking about the best practices for AI adoption, the third and final installment of the series. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.